Welcome back to Vet Techie Talk. It's the holidays and everything loves to happen around this time of year. I'm not sure if it's just a way to help Santa know who's really naughty or nice so he really puts everyone to the test. If you want to talk emergencies, we can talk emergencies. My water heater just broke and that was $13,500. I typically like to have thought out children versus icicle children. So that amount of money later and it's fixed. My husband was in the ER for 10 whole hours and then I had to take care of said unthawed children afterwards so that was amazing and you know it's something when a man goes to the emergency room because they don't go for anything so you know he was either forced or he was so out of it he didn't even notice he was there. My two-year-old had a double ear infection and you know little kids always like to copy one another so my baby just decided to have general gross baby sickness that they like to pass around. So in the spirit of the holidays let's talk about what an emergency is, what it means to the vet staff versus parents. We'll talk about payments such as insurances, payment plans, things like that. We'll talk about waiting time, everyone's favorite. And we'll talk about how to try and avoid the emergency room. So what is an emergency? Well, according to healthcare.gov, an emergency is an illness, injury, symptom, or condition that a reasonable person would seek care right away to avoid serious harm. So basically, in an event of such urgency, you feel the need to seek medical attention for it. For the veterinary staff, if you as the pet parent feel that your pet is in such dire need that it needs to be seen, so do we. We want to see your pet and we want to help get it better. If you ask anyone in the emergency staff what their favorite part of the job is, you know, aside from the caffeine addiction that they have and the thrill of it, they are going to say being able to see the difference between when the first pet when the first time the pet came in to when they're finally discharged to be with their family. It really is heartwarming to see how happy and excited that pet is, especially if it was, you know, something that was flat out and not doing well. I helped out at an emergency room uh, one time and this puppy came in, like couldn't even get up, couldn't lift its head, and then it stayed in the emergency. I didn't kind of see the whole process, but I did get to see it go home, and you can just see the tail wagging and how happy they were to see the pet parent. So it really is heartwarming and really great to see that difference. Pet parents, you are the reason that I wanted to start this podcast. You guys understand your pets more than we can. You know, we know the biologics and the genetics and, you know, all the fancy, smancy, sciencey, doctory stuff. But you guys know your pet the way that they are. Each pet has their own personality and has their own little quirks that only you know. So I want you to know that we as the vet staff, we're 100% on are on your side you guys love your pets like your own children and that's beautiful the little fur angels definitely deserve that when you see your pet in discomfort and you want you want to be able to solve that right away because you don't you don't want to see that the number one question 
pet parents ask us is, are they suffering? They can't speak or tell us what's going on. And they really look to you guys to help them out, to kind of translate that. So if you know when you come home and Fluffy brings you their favorite bra to play and then you come home and they don't, you know something's wrong. And we're here for both of you. So 100%, if you feel that your pet needs attention ASAP, then head over to your closest ER. I know a lot of times people come to us as a general practice and, you know, they're, they feel that their pet is not doing well, their pet is suffering, their pet is not is in pain. And it's really hard for us as the staff to say, no, we can't see your pet because we don't want your pet to feel that way. So the best thing we can do is send you to your closest emergency room. And we always get the backlash of we don't care and, you know, they just can't afford the emergency room. But try to think of it this way. When your baby is really sick, you know, heaven forbid they have like RSV or something like pneumonia, really, really sick. You don't go to your general practice for that. You might call and say, hey, what should I do? And they typically say, hey, go to the emergency room. And it sucks, but you want your little baby to get better. So you go to the emergency room. It's kind of like us. We just, the general practice, we just don't have enough staff or enough uh, tools like the emergency rooms have to handle some of the things that people call for. Another thing too is general practice has appointments, right? So unless a lot of appointments canceled, we can't really take, for example, something like a stomach bug or an ear infection because then that puts away from other patients that have already had that scheduled time. You also have run into like management pushback too because like I said, we have to kind of stick to our appointment based time frames. So if you call in and you know Fluffy has an ear infection and it's like 2.30, we are probably already have like two or three appointments at that time. So it's going to be really hard for us to, to fit you in. So please keep that in mind when you call general practices. But trust me, if our 2.30 cancels and there's nothing there, we definitely would take you. So it all just kind of depends. And to be honest, if you want to try and get in same day, try in the morning. I know a lot of times uh, when our CSEs do callbacks or like reminders, a lot of them tend to cancel because they forgot about it. So definitely try giving us a call in the morning and seeing if we can get you scheduled in that way. Us as the veterinary team, it's not that we don't care about your pet, but we care about everyone's pet. So in terms of nurses, doctors, and front staff, there's just not a lot of us. So each hospital does the best that they can. When you go to an emergency room or even, again, us as general practice, there's a lot of factors that come into play with wait times. Like I said, general practice does sometimes take an emergency. We always try at at least to stabilize a pet before we send it off. So sometimes that can play a factor in your wait time at a general practice. For both general practice and emergencies, you have, like I said before, staffing. Sometimes there's only one doctor, meaning if someone comes in with a life-threatening emergency and that doctor has to go into surgery while the nurses kind of continue 
the best that they can with the flow, you're going to have to wait until that doctor is done with surgery. So your wait time can easily go from an hour to five hours pretty quickly. Unfortunately, but fortunately, if your pet is stable, you're just, unfortunately, like I said, you're going to have to wait. There's pets that coming in who have maybe who may have been hit by a car, they may be seizuring, or they might have gotten into something toxic. I know there's a lot of parvo going around right now, so those guys are imminent and lose hydration pretty quickly, so we need to see those as soon as we can, and um, pyrometras. Those are also very deadly, and we need to see those as soon as we can. The busiest times for emergency rooms are after parents come home from work, so after 5 p.m. and weekends. So that's definitely something to keep in mind if you have, you know, an emergency that isn't life-threatening, trying to wait maybe before um, 5 p.m. or during the week um, to help you get a lesser time to wait. If your pet is stable enough and you still want to be seen by the emergency staff, that's great. Just keep in mind that wait time. Trust me, the vet staff, we care. We just have to put that care in order to make sure everyone's stable. If you want to think about it in your own perspective, try to think about, you know, if a person came in that just got hit, hit by a car, they're gasping for air, you know, they can't breathe. And then you have someone that kind of came in for limping, who would you choose first? So all that kind of stuff comes into mind um, when we have these cases coming in. So let's talk about the green, the guap, the cheddar, the bread, whatever you want to call it. Let's talk money. Times are tough all year round, but let's be honest, Christmas, it's tough. You want to buy the best thing for your kids, your hubby, your wife. You want to do all the nice things. Then your doggy decides to eat the Christmas ham and here you are in the hospital. One thing that is not my favorite that pet parents say is that we don't care and that all we care about is the money. So let's go into that. The money that you pay for your pet, it goes to so many different places. It goes to equipment, it goes to running your diagnostics, it goes towards the doctor's schooling, the nurse's schooling, you know, just being transparent. It all goes recycled into all of that. As much as we want to help, and trust me, we want to because we we get it, especially these times. But unfortunately, in order to keep things running, we have to collect that payment. So when you, let's say, come in for that $100 vet visit fee, that helps the vet pay their staff, that helps pay for the the blood machine that we use to run your labs that helps pay for the radiograph um, these x-rays machines cost thousands and thousands of dollars mri cat scanners i don't even want to know how much they cost in order to buy those things we need that money 
you know, people aren't, those companies that make these machines aren't like, oh, well, you're a vet, here's a free one on me. You know, we have to purchase those things. And some vets maybe can buy it outright. Some vets need to make payments and loans on that. So all that money isn't going into the vet's pockets or the nurse's pockets. It's going back into the hospital so that we can be better for you guys. Uh, some money goes into research. So when we come up with new medications or things like that, you know, we have to pay for researches. Um, we sometimes researches are done with animals. We have to feed those animals, lab rats, beagles, those guys, you know, they need fed. So all that money, that's what it's going towards. Yes, veterinarians and the vet staff gets paid, but a lot of the money also goes into coming back for you guys and your pets. So just something to keep in mind uh, when you're frustrated and you think that the vet staff only cares about the money. We don't. <laughs> Another question we get asked is why don't vet hospitals have payment plans? Well, they used to be, and some hospitals still do, but a lot of hospitals, unfortunately, people wouldn't pay their bills and they would lose a lot of money and end up having to pay out of their own pocket. And a lot of hospitals even might have had to shut down because of this. So payment plans aren't really a thing in hospitals um, just due to that. So how do you pay this extraordinary vet bill? There are a bunch of options. You can ask a friend, family, you can do fundraisers, loans, credit cards, insurance, scratch pay, and similar services. Um, so let's talk about that. So credit cards. Obviously, you can go on and apply to any credit card. Usually, if you go to creditkarma.com and if you haven't already signed up, you can check to see you the odds of getting approved for a credit card based on a, uh, and then obviously based on your credit, you get approved for X amount. There is a specific credit card that comes to mind for vet bills, um, which is care credit. And this can actually be used for any medical situation. So you can use it as well. I know a lot of clients not only use it for their vet bill, but they use it for like dental procedures and things like that. So you can use it for your needs also. Insurance. Uh, we'll talk, try to get as in-depth as we can with insurance. Um, so you definitely want to get this in, get this before an emergency happens. So after you listen to this podcast, definitely go and pick one out. Um, one thing too with insurance is definitely have a little bit of savings um, because most insurance, you're going to have to pay for it first and then get it reimbursed. So according to Forbes.com, spot insurance, embrace healthy paws, paw protect, many pets. That's the name of the insurance. Um, fetch, pumpkin, at the ASPCA and lemonade are one of the top few pet insurances out there. Insurance can cover routine vet visits, vaccines, accidents, and illnesses, and you can actually choose options where you only have to um, pay the monthly fee for accidents only. So like I said before, typically you pay the bill out of pocket and then they reimburse you up to a certain percent. 
Um, so kind of going into each one, Paw Protect states that you don't have to pay the bill upfront and they actually give you an option for a line of credit. Pumpkin Pet Insurance lets you compare different insurances on their website. Lemonade Pet Insurance, uh, they state on their website that they are specifically made for puppies and kittens. So if you have a puppy or kitten, maybe this one is best for you. Um, there's lots of options to choose from insurance-wise, so you definitely have to go in and see which one kind of best suits you. Um, scratch pay. Not a lot of vet offices offer this. This is not an insurance. This is just kind of um, like a financial credit to help. Um, but more offices are starting to. I know a lot of emergency offices take this um, and they actually have a new take five option that lets you pay the vet bill in five payments. And they also state on their website that uh, finding whatever plan works for you doesn't affect your credit. So how can I avoid the emergency room? So first let's talk about the reasons why, you know, pet parents have to take their pet to the emergency room. So hit by car, parvovirus, which I talk about in my puppies and kittens episode, Pyometras, which I talk about in my breeding episode, dog fights, seizures, foreign bodies, blocked cats, and for some reason, a lot of people go to the emergency room for fleas. I am super guilty of this. When I first found my cat, I didn't even know what fleas were. I was really young and I was like, why are all these creatures trying to eat my kitty cat? So I took it to the emergency room, paid $90. Um, for the visit and then whatever I needed for the fleas. So I guess maybe because bugs are gross and scary. <laughs> for the holiday season, one of the reasons why pets go to the emergency room, um, let's talk about some holiday toxins. Um, one is uh, poinsettias. These guys can irritate the mucous membranes. So poinsettias are the pretty red flowers that you see everywhere. Fun fact, they're actually a tropical plant. Um, chocolates and raisins, which cause insult to the kidneys. Hollies, which are also toxic, toxic to human babies. So be careful of that. Mistletoes can cause GI upset. So drooling, vomiting, diarrhea. Um, other toxins are lilies, potpourri, pine, and tinsel. So tinsels and strings, you want to be careful, especially with your kitty cat, um, because that can get stuck in the uh, intestinal tract. And if you ever see a string coming from your cat's butt, please don't pull on it because you can cause more damage. The best way to avoid these things are vaccinate. So parvovirus um, is the distemper vaccine. So make sure you're up to date on that. Neuter and spay your pets. They're less likely to run away, thus getting hit by a car. Um, making sure that your house is doggy and puppy proof. Um, we actually had a puppy come in for his second foreign body. The first time we did the foreign body surgery, he ate a bra right after. So make sure you don't do that. Your labby friends, they love to get into everything. And as I'm learning with my Cocker Spaniel puppy, he likes to get in all my 
children's toys. So being careful of that foreign body with all the brand new toys your children are going to get. So I hope today's podcast really helped you understand the emergency room and kind of what goes on. Best of luck this holiday season. Remember to keep that ham away from fluffy, steer clear from those poinsettias and your kitty cats and stay safe and I hope you enjoy your holiday season.